jar that I took from my kitchen. And uh, actually it had paint brushes in it before. Now it has coins in it. So I, I already put a few coins in it. And I'm going to see where else do I have some coins. I probably have a few in my wallet because you know, one, I'm not using cash very much anymore. And you know, I don't usually ever spend the pennies anyway. So I'm going to put those in my jar. Got a little bit more full. And I think I have some pennies and some coins. Uh, I thought so. I've had this on my shelf for a long time, just sitting on my shelf collecting coins. So I'm going to take that and I'm going to dump those in here. And every day I'm going to look and see what, if I can put my extra change in this jar. So all of you at home can also look around in your house for a jar or a bucket or a container or a bowl. Maybe you already have something that's full of change and you can just start filling that up. So for the next month or so, you can start filling up a jar with coins. And then what those coins do, I'm gonna share my screen again. They, they just like our school kits, our coins get collected together and they also get shared with people all over the world. So one of the places, and some of the things those coins do, there are three main things that this project do. One, they help with education, just like the school kits do. A second thing they do is they help with food where either people don't have enough money for food or where it is very hard to find food in a country. And the third thing is they help with clean water. So one of the stories I wanna just share a little bit about today is that one of the places that the coins that are collected will go is to Syria. Now, Syria is a country where there has been a war for many, many years, and yet there are still children living in Syria. So here's a picture of some school children, and you can see that they're in their school uniforms, and some of them have very, like, very smart little uh, scarves. Um, so these are some of the school children that um, will we'll receive school kits. So some of the money will get put together and, and Mennonite Central Committee will make kits to share. But also MCC, that's Mennonite Central Committee, works with children like these to do programs for, so this is children watching a puppet show. So MCC works with, with schools that are in Syria to help children have arts activities and to help them have ways to, deal with some of the feelings that they'll feel after being in a war, which has been scary and difficult and violent. And this is a young person who's studying. This is uh, Hassan and he is studying to be a doctor. So he, or at least that's what his dream is. He wants to be a doctor to be able to help other people too. I thought I had one more picture than just the school children. So that's where, that's where some of the money that, that our coins, your coins and my coins that are collected, just, you know, like this is just pennies, but they start adding up when they get put all together. And uh, for folks at home, you can, if you are going to collect pennies, you can either count them and, uh, and put them together yourself or you can bring them to church and make arrangements with Marsha to drop them off and they will get added to our children's offering and 
around the time when we would go to the Mennonite Country Auction, which we will also sadly not be doing this year, we still have a way to offer something to Mennonite Central Committee um, instead of buying delicious food and uh, and things from 10,000 Villages and the craft booth. Um, and I'll also put a plug in for their, uh, you can visit the Mennonite Country Auction page and still bid on a few items for MCC there. Uh, so each each week I'll be featuring a different place where some of that money goes. So education was the one that we learned about today. Love of God. God's love so sure, so endure, all measurement, sand strong, redeeming grace, new Adam's grace, the saints and angels song. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure, the saints and angels song. Could we with thee the ocean clear, and were the skies of parchment made? We're every stock on earth to and every scrawl a scribe I take. To write the love of God would would rain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole. Stretch from sky to sky. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure. It's a Corinthians 12, 12, 27. The body is one, even though it has many parts. All the parts, many though there are, comprise a single body, and so it is in Christ, with Christ. It was by one spirit that all of us, whether we are Jews, Greek, 
slaves or Christians, we are baptized into one body. All of us have been given to drink from one spirit, and that body is not one part, it is many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, does that make it any less a part of the body? If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong on the body, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the body were all eye, what would happen to our hearing? If the body were all ear, what would happen to our sense of smell? Instead of that, God put all the different parts into one body on purpose. If all the parts were alike, where would the body be? There are indeed many different members, but one body. The eye cannot say to the head, I do not need you, any more than the head can say to the feet, I do not need you. And even though those members of the body, which seem less important, are in fact indispensable, we honor the members we consider honorable by clothing them with greater care, thus bestowing on less, less presentable a propriety, which is the more presentable do not need. God has constructed the body as to give us greater honor to the lowly members, that there are, may be no dissension of the body, but that all the members may be concerned for one another. If one of the members suffers, all of it suffers. If one member is honored, the entire body shares its joy. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. And thank you to Naomi for reading our scripture this morning. A scripture from 1 Corinthians that was selected by Mennonite World Conference as they planned for this Global Peace Sunday um, and shared a worship resource with Mennonite congregations around the world. Mennonite World Conference suggested pulling out from that text very specifically when one members suffer, all members suffer. And they suggest that peace, that we understand the peace of this Peace Sunday, to be one of accompaniment and solidarity. They write, if we are interested in embodying God's peace and justice in this world, what happens to one affects and should also matter to others. It is indeed good to be gathered with our Mennonite kindred around the world um, to explore peace as accompaniment and solidarity. <clears throat> Andrew Suderman is the Mennonite World Conference Peace Commission Secretary. And so he wrote an introduction um, uh, for Mennonite congregations like ours around the world as we considered worshiping for Peace Sunday. And he highlighted some of the struggles that the world is currently embroiled in, which I don't have to say out loud to you, um, but pandemic, global pandemic, systemic racism, what he didn't right, but I think he would have, especially after the last couple of weeks, this was published a little while ago, is I would add climate change, climate crisis to that list um, of what the, the world is embroiled in together. <clears throat> and these struggles that we face together as a global community highlight the realization that God's peaceable kingdom, the reign of God, 
the beloved community is not yet fully realized here on earth. If, however, Suderman suggests, we pay attention to the cries of those who cannot breathe, those who cannot breathe due to COVID-19, those who cannot breathe due to police brutality, and again, I would add those who cannot breathe due to wildfire smoke or rising flooding waters. If we can pay attention to those cries of those who cannot breathe, we can learn to respond in solidarity to those who are in pain and or oppressed. And I wanna make just a very quick note here that in the scripture that Naomi read for us this morning and the attention to various body parts and talking about the lowliness um, or um, more presentability of various body parts and the way that this, the text gets concrete about that, I couldn't help but think of uteruses this week. I couldn't help but think of um, the chilling news in the last week of involuntary hysterectomies for migrant people with uteruses in our ICE detention facilities, in our immigration prisons on this soil. And I can't believe that in 2020, I am talking about involuntary uh, 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 sterilizations, but here we are. God have mercy. The biblical narrative, it tells us a story of a God who walks with those who are disheartened, who are disenfranchised with those who suffer, those who are targeted. And it also invites those of us who believe in this God and who seek to follow in the way of Jesus, the human one, the incarnate one, the Christ, it invites those of us to see how all of humanity is interconnected. When one suffers, creation is not well. None of us are well. Things are not as they should be. And if we want to embody that justice and peace again in this world, what happens to one matters and should affect all of us. We seek to be a peace church and to be a peace church in, in a new context, I think, the way the Mennonite church, for example, has understood peace over the years has shifted as contexts have shifted. And yet that central identity has remained central, has remained a part of our roots. If we want to be a peace church, we must therefore recognize our interconnectedness to challenge injustice and accompany those who suffer. I was struck in the Mennonite World Conference worship resources, how they talked a lot about um, being intrinsically bound to one another. And I heard echoes from just last week's sermon about our creation story and that being created for relationship and our intrinsic connection to one another. We are of the earth for the plants, intrinsically connected with, with one another and made by our God. Uh, and so that made me think again of the creation of relationships and their fracturing. And I think that part of that reclaiming our birthright is this precise kind of peace that we are called to by our World Conference of Mennonite Congregations. It's the peace of accompaniment and of solidarity. I am going to share a story this morning 
from one of our own, from Sarah Augustine. Um, I invited her, in fact, to share the story herself. She was not able to join us um, for worship this Sunday, um, but gave me the blessing to share it on her behalf. It's a story that she wrote that was actually included in this Mennonite World Conference worship resource um, because this piece as accompaniment and solidarity Mennonite World Conference wanted to um, specifically solicit stories of indigenous peoples and stories of relationship with indigenous peoples. And for those of you who don't know, um, some of you like me, I've been here for five years now. I just passed my five year anniversary last Sunday, actually. Uh, woo! Um, and in that time, Sarah and Dan, her spouse and their child, Micah, have been in Yakima. So I actually, even in five years, haven't been in Seattle, in Seattle with them. Um, so some of you may be in the same boat as me and may not know them or may need a reminder. So I'm going to share a photo and it's kind of an old one, but it's the one that's in our directory. I know it's an old one because Micah has joined us for Zoom Church and he is not that size any longer. <laughs> and in fact, he has a cool mohawk. Some of you may recall seeing him with the cool mohawk. So this is Sarah Augustine and uh, Dan Peplau and their child, Micah. Uh, Sarah is a descendant of the Tiwa or Pueblo people. Uh, she's a part of our congregation, uh, though a number of miles away. She's the executive director of the Dispute Resolution Center of Yakima and Kittitas counties. I don't know if I said that right. I haven't been in Washington state long enough. You can correct me if you need to. Uh, and she co-founded Suriname Indigenous Health Fund, which is one of our just peace partner uh, giving recipients. So it's one of our partners. Um, she also uh, co-facilitated the, dis the Dismantling the Discovery, Dismantling the Doctrine of Discovery Coalition with our pastor, Jonathan. She has stepped away to, from that uh, to focus on other work, and but Jonathan continues to carry on that work, and she is intimately involved with the work of that coalition. Here is Sarah's story. In July 2019, my friend Linnea Summer asked my husband Dan and me for help measuring her community's exposure to mercury. Linnea lives in French Guyana in a remote rainforest community called Taluin on the upper Moroni River. The food in Liana's community is con contaminated by gold mining. The Guyana Shield is a region in South America that includes Suriname, French Guyana, and Northern Brazil. Like indigenous peoples around the globe, Linnea's people do not have title to their traditional lands or control of what happens in their homelands. When governments agree to mining concessions on or near indigenous lands, the people who live there have little power against national and corporate interests. Linnea is Wayana, and the Wayana and the other peoples who live on the upper Moroni River depend on fish as a primary source of food. Gold mining contaminates fish where heavy metals bioaccumulate in fish tissue. Exposure to heavy metals like mercury causes neurological disease, early death, and community disruption and displacement. 
Although the French government regularly tests indigenous people in French Guyana for mercury toxicity, they do not share the results with community members. Yes, you heard that right. I had to go back and read that a second time the first time I read this story because I couldn't quite believe it. Although the French government regularly tests indigenous peoples in French Guyana for mercury toxicity, they do not share the results of those tests with community members. As a mother, Linnea feels she should be told about the threat gold mining possesses to her children. I tend to agree. She co-founded the organization and the organization's name is in French. I do not speak French and I'm already mispronouncing a lot of words this morning. So I'm just gonna read the English translation. Organization to promote mutual aid and solidarity among victims of mercury. So she co-founded this organization to try to address the problem. I, writes Sarah, I am a North American indigenous woman, a Tiwa. I know what it's like to feel helpless, a small person in a world where laws and policies do not always reflect the best interests of my family or my people. When Linnea asked us for help documenting the impact of mercury on her people, Dan and I agreed readily. My husband and I began to work with indigenous and tribal peoples in the Guyana Shield in 2004. We established the USA-based nonprofit Suriname Indigenous Health Fund. Hooray! Many of you have served on that board or are currently serving on that board and again one of our Just Peace partners dedicated to providing indigenous people in the Guyana region with the materials and technical support they need to find solutions of their own. Although we have the necessary scientific equipment, it is challenging and expensive to launch a cross-national project that gets samples to us and results back to impacted community members. When we returned home, returned to our home in Washington state, I asked the Dismantling the Doctrine of Discovery Coalition for help. They reached out to their network across the United States, making our plea for Mercury Test Kits their year-end campaign. In response, the youth group at Shalom Mennonite in San Francisco, California, made funding test kits their own special Christmas fundraiser. With the help of the coalition, we are able to fund test kits and invest in infrastructure to help us better communicate with Linnea and with the other remote communities in the Guyana Shield. So thank you to Pastor Jonathan. Thank you also to Sabrina, who serves on that coalition and the Doctrine of Dismantling the Doctrine of Discovery Coalition for embracing this with Sarah and responding to her call for North American solidarity with a yes. Thank you. Back to Sarah. While the financial system that trivializes the health of Linnea and her community continues, we stand with her. That's solidarity. We stand with her in seeking solutions for her people. While the health system trivializes the participation of indigenous women, we provide test results to aid the self-determination of mothers who want to participate in the health of their children. Linnea hopes to identify and transport uncontaminated food to her community to reduce 
the exposure of her people to dangerous mercury levels causing death, disease, and disability where no other alternatives to relief exist. We know this is an ambitious project, but it's the next step in finding a culturally appropriate and community-led solution to a public health crisis. We hope to join her. When Linnea asked us for help, we were able to stand in solidarity with her immediately. When we asked the Dismantling the Doctrine of Discovery Coalition for help, they were able to respond by standing in solidarity with Linnea and the Wayana people immediately as well. For us, this is an inspiring story of solidarity. In fact, we've just heard some gospel good news this morning from our own Sarah Augustine, for which I am grateful. As I close, I just want to say that the story from Sarah points again to relationship as key to enabling us as peacemakers, to enabling us for effective solidarity and accompaniment. The relationship with Linnea and Sarah, and then Sarah and the Dismantling the Doctrine of Discovery Coalition, all these relationships were called on so that there could be an immediate response of solidarity and peacemaking in the way of Jesus. And I want to both honor the relationships in my life and in our life that happen organically. We accompany one another. And, and here I think about our, our Wednesday congregational care Zoom as one example where folks are showing up week after week and we're we're knowing a little bit more what's happening in everyone's lives and accompanying one another uh, on a weekly basis through the struggles that many of us face and the joys, sharing in the joys of a new bike, for example, which we got to see in the Congregational Care Zoom this last week. So I wanna honor those relationships that happen organically, how wonderful that is that we can accompany one another. And I want to recognize the way that our cities and our nation and our world are organized for segregation. They are organized to keep us separate from one another and with folks who are a little more like us. And that means that it requires great intention to claim that relationship, that inheritance that we have as creatures of God, to claim that inheritance of relationship and interconnectedness. It requires great intention to claim that relationship across lines that would keep us divided and bubbled. I am grateful for the witness of Sarah and Dan and SIF, Suriname Indigenous Health Fund, for their long-term commitment to relationship, which has allowed them to show up to a company and provide solidarity. And I'm thinking this week of the long-term commitment of this congregation. Many of you showed up at the Oaks, our new 24-7 shelter and shoreline, showed up rolling up your sleeves, ready to do some labor to clear that place out uh, as, as an embodiment of our long-term commitment across a line. Um, the city and our culture is structured in such a way to keep us separated and segregated from those uh, those of our neighbors who live on the streets. 
Um, and this congregation a long time ago said, nope, we're going to cross that line and we're going to we're going to try our best to accompany and be in solidarity with. And so many of you showed up this week to do some of that behind the scenes labor to enable that. I am grateful for all of those things. And then the final word, I'm going to return to Corinthians to just remember those members of the body which seem less important are in fact indispensable. Those members of the body which seem less important are in fact indispensable. May we be peacemakers in the way of Jesus as we claim solidarity and accompaniment around the world. May it be so. We're going to sing a song that's um, part of our new hymnal. You can see because it even has a number at the top, 555. That's by Brian Moyer Suderman. Uh, it's certainly a new one to me, and so I hope you'll sing along. That way it'll mask when I bumble the words or something else. Uh, I also saw Boaz had his guitar out. So Boaz, I hope you're playing, playing along as well. You are not alone. A nice fitting follow-up to Megan's words to us today. You're not alone. You are one body. You're not alone. We stand with you. You're not alone. Your time of suffering is ours of And I know the day is coming when we will be rejoicing anew. Now members of this body that we know, some are great and some are small. Eyes and ears and hands and just a little toe. One God who activates them all. We're not alone. You're on the body. You're not alone. We stand with you. You're not alone. Your time of suffering. It's our suffering too. And I know the day is coming when we will be rejoicing anew. One body, spirit, form, and spirit, different genders, rich and Banquet where the peace of either hand, one body broken for the world. You're not alone, we are one body. You're not alone, we stand with you. You're not alone. 
our time of suffering is our suffering And I know the day is coming when we will be rejoicing anew. And I know the day is coming when we will be rejoicing a reminder as part of prayers we use the chat box for anyone that wants to name uh, uh, and notice what is happening in your families in your friendship groups in our community things that you need prayer for and and things uh, that you're just agonizing over right now just notice your own breathing invite you to take in a breath. Take in another breath. Let it out with a sigh. Oh. God who created our bodies, who knows where they hurt, and how they receive comfort. We, we bring to you our bodies in their frailness and their strength. As members of the body of Christ, each a part of the whole, we give thanks for the global community of people in the Anabaptist tradition. We join with our kindred all around the world in coming before the one who created us. When one suffers, we feel that suffering in the whole body. When one rejoices, we feel that celebration. We are called upon today by the community of global Anabaptist Church and we pray together. We pray for everyone who has been affected by COVID-19, for those who have died, for those who have lost loved ones, for those who have been ill, for the family members that have been affected, and for those whose jobs and livelihoods have been affected by the economic downturn that this pandemic has caused. For all of us, as our lives and our normals have changed. We lament systemic racism that leads to killings and daily indignities of people of color. We grieve the violent actions by both protesters and law enforcement. We confess the lack of equity and justice that at times characterizes our own responses. We acknowledge the long inter 
continental roots of racism that include complicity in the slave trade. Creator God, reach into our hearts and our troubled world to bring repentance and right relationships. We pray for our kindred in Hong Kong as they experience significant upheaval and conflict in its relationships to mainland China. We praise God for the faithfulness of our kindred in Africa with economic challenges, severe climate events and diseases like malaria compounding the threat of COVID-19. They continue to worship God and serve their neighbors with what means they have sharing the gospel in word and deed. We are grateful locally that the smoke has dissipated and we ask for radical change toward care for the earth, for clean energy and removing of pollutants. May our communities rise up to surround those affected by fire and name the climate crisis and act for change. From within our own church and community and for those beloved to us, we pray. We pray with Emily and Chase and baby Thumper, their yet to be born little one in the uncertainty of knowing that Thumper is breach and will not be turned. We pray that Thumper's refusal to turn the right way is a sign that they will become one who will not be swayed by status quo and that they won't be pushed around. And we place Emily and Thumper in your care for their scheduled C-section on October 3. Today we celebrate with Lake City partners and those in need of ongoing shelter that the city of Shoreline and community are excited and energized by the creation of permanent shelter at the Oaks, including providing funding and support. Give us energy and courage to face the challenge of NIMBYism as we have a public outreach meeting this week. Thanks to the volunteers who have already stepped up to help clean up the space at Oaks, imagining a welcoming place for our outside neighbors. We offer gratitude today for our Just Peace partners, the work of the Suriname Indigenous Health Fund, for Dan Peplo and Sarah Augustine in their tireless commitment to the people of Suriname and as they work in solidarity, give them courage and strength. We pray for the Wayana people and the effects of mercury poisoning as they continue to address the contamination of mining. We pray for the families and the people that, do, that are doing this work who end up disappearing for unknown reasons. Turning to the chat now, 
We thank God with gratitude and joy for our congregation member, Evan Stovall, who turns 30 on Tuesday. Happy birthday to Evan. With Nicole and John Morrison Winters, they offer prayers of thanksgiving for the support of our SMC community during their recovery from COVID. With Beth Miller Crable, thank you for your love and prayers these past weeks in the wake of her mother's death. Eileen Miller, your support has sustained me. It's good to be here this morning and I'm really missing her mother's presence with us at Zoom Church. Praying together with Melissa for gratitude for her sister's sister Melanie's safe travels thus far and prayers for continued safety as she drives back to Atlanta after a stop in Portland to see family. We pray together with Shana Tova to our Jewish kindred and specifically to Adam and Gray and their families who are celebrating Rosh Hashanah. God, we are grateful for the relations built over time that accompany people who are oppressed. And together we work for change transforming our world. May we be reminded of our interconnectedness more so than our difference and acknowledge that everyone is indispensable. God of our bodies, you care about all of our parts and you care about all the parts of your body, the church. May we like you feel the suffering of the other and respond in care. And may we rejoice in the triumph of all others. We pray in the name of Jesus, who is our head. Amen. <clears throat> we continue in a spirit of prayer with gratitude for all of the gifts that you all as a congregation continue to offer, both monetary and otherwise. And we are grateful for the means to receive those offerings digitally. And note that uh, the face of how we receive those on the website has changed. It might look different than what you've seen in the past, but apparently works much better. Uh, so we're so grateful for those tools to be able to do that. This week I offer a blessing on the work of our Mennonite and Anabaptist development organizations and all of the coins that we'll be collecting, I hope, in our homes, and the work of the hands and feet and bodies of all of our Anabaptist kindred all over the world. Uh, our closing song also comes from another part of the world. Wana awabriki mi lele. Wow. 
I'm almost this in any case receive receive a blessing as we as we leave our worship you have been called and anointed you have been strengthened and enlightened you are one body in Christ now go and spread joy and liberation in word and in deed to all the world amen